0: Welcome to Hastings Outdoors, straight from the Mississippi Flyway to your hearts. Let's go! One, two, three, up! Uh. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to yet another episode of Hastings Outdoors. I'm your host Andrew coming to you not live in any way shape or form from the very frigid Hastings Outdoor Studio located in the arctic temperature Dream Building Garage. Come on in kick your feet up have a seat and relax. I suggest you bring a parka and um I just don't even bother. It's really cold, guys. It is really really cold. Super cold. Super cold. Sub-freezing. Yeah, so uh, just to put in perspective how cold it is for y'all out there, it is uh three degrees outside, uh, feels like uh negative 11, and uh, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> and mind you, it is uh two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm recording this, so the high, I think, is I think we're at the high of three degrees, I'm not really sure, let's check this out real quick. But I know this week, oh, <laughs> I do apologize, the high today is five degrees, that is a balmy day, guys. I don't think it's gonna get there. I really don't. Oh, at 4 p.m. it is five degrees. That is promising, guys. Uh, might might be able to bust out the flip-flops.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: Advertisements. Um, and this week is extremely cold in general. Um, yeah. Tomorrow, three degrees. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I I I I stand corrected, guys. Uh, Wednesday, a heat wave of 19 degrees. Thursday, 20. Back down to 17, and then 16 on Saturday. And uh, yeah, Sunday, a balmy 18, but next week, 31, upper 30s, 40s, upper 30s, back to business as usual after Hurricane Jerry has exited the scene. So that's cool, right? Uh, All good stuff going on there Um, and whatnot. So yeah, there's that. Uh, That's cool, right? It's cold, actually. It's very cold. Uh, Freezing out here, guys. That's why I'm wearing this awesome jumpsuit. All right you know, it's not a red jumpsuit nor is it an apparatus. It's just a jumpsuit, guys, for uh for hunting and whatnots. Um it was a gift and uh I'll put it to use. Yeah. Yeah guys. <clears throat> oh wow. <clears throat> Speaking of colds, I tell you what, uh there has been a lot of seasonal stuff going around in this area, northern Indiana in general. In generals here. Alright. And uh I don't know what is going on man, but I've had some some kind of phlegm uh for about a week now just you know i'd cough up a little bit here and there didn't seem like a big deal Nose was kind of funky here and there but never really consistent and uh man i tell you what as soon as i lay my head down at night i just start coughing up a storm it's driving me nuts i wake up in the morning hack up all sorts of nasty stuff that's not good and uh yeah no real symptoms other than that and that (laughs) not really sure what's going on guys but i do i do feel like it's been zapping my energy a little bit not not too uh not too keen on that. But here I am pressing on in the uh the frigid uh, ice age that we're experiencing right now that will be over next week. But um yeah, I don't know. How how you guys doing out there? I hope this finds you well. And if you're uh experiencing the aftermath of Jerry or uh I saw another there was another another winter storm, uh winter storm Heather uh hitting <coughs> Oh my gosh, the air is just choking me to death, guys. Hitting the West Coast uh, out there in Oregon, or Oregon, however you want to put it, I think it's just pretentious to really try to try to do the haughty, toddy version of pronunciation. Uh, I don't know. Anywho's it's so uh, yeah. Uh, Hurricane Heather, yeah, sounds fearsome. Um, no offense, Heather, but uh, <laughs> it's supposed to bring uh, a lot of a lot of ice and snow and whatever knots winter, wintry mix junk to. Um, to the west coast i don't think it's gonna cross the Rockies somewhere and then i don't know I, I didn't really pay that much attention after that i really got hung up on the whole the whole hur- hurricane oh my goodness it's not even a hurricane winter storm heather winter storm jerry who gives a crap why are we naming winter storms it's just it's just weather guys oh this is this is rain shower steve it doesn't make any sense i i feel <laughs> Oh, man, the Meteorological Society of America, if that is a thing. I think you guys are out of, your, out of your mind. Um, Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. If anyone has any insight on that, good for you. It's not that important. It just drives me nuts. Yeah, so, sorry, guys. This past week, guys, they were talking about uh, this winter storm Jerry, a.k.a. a winter storm coming through, blah, 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 blah. And uh, it, it, they predicted 8 to 12 inches for my area. Um in northern indiana and uh we maybe got a couple inches at best if that uh the worst part of it all was the wind and the the cooler temperatures in the wind obviously you have a system come through it's going to drop the temps a little bit this time of year and uh the wind that was about it guys and uh this week i guess is the aftermath or the tail end of that i'm not sure i am no meteorologist but uh yeah you give a big system come through it's going to drop temps for a pinch and then then Heather's on the on the back end of that. I don't even know what's going on there, but uh, who knows? All I do know for sure, guys, is it's really cold out here. It is really cold out here. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. So, guys, without further ado, let's, uh, let's dive into the podcast here, get the whole rantage out of the way. Um, man, I do apologize if I cough or sniffle a little bit here and there. I'm not sure if it's the, <laughs> the freezing cold temperature here in the garage or the cold. I don't know. At this point, I really don't know, but that's okay. Uh, still in good spirits nonetheless. But, anyways, so guys, the mission statement for the podcast, just so you guys are aware of of, of what my my aim is, my goal, whatever, whatever you want to look at or call it, words, stuff like that. Um, the mission statement is sharing my waterfowl and outdoor experience to promote the participation and conservation of our natural resources. And the latter of that, the conservation of our natural resources, actually ties into uh, most of, I don't, I don't know, part of what I want to talk about today, I don't really know, guys, um, I, I mentioned in the, I guess, I guess a little spoiler alert here, I mentioned in the previous podcast that I was going to talk about the, the status of waterfowl, uh, waterfowl numbers as far as the birds themselves, and, uh, waterfowl hunter numbers, um, but, uh, oh my gosh, guys, I, this is such a can of worms, trying to find information and trying to trying to ascertain any any uh, logical conclusion or really any any he can't it's hard to narrow it down guys it's really hard to narrow it down to it it you're not gonna find one smoking gun in any of this um, it seems like there's a lot of subtle things that are occurring and and co-occurring or occurring at the same time and it's it's just I don't know much more research is needed, but that's kind of what i want to talk about here a little bit. And then uh, who knows about the rest, but yeah, I don't know guys. I was doing some research for this in preparation for this podcast because I said, Hey guys, I'm going to do that. And I did that. But the only problem is, is I have nothing conclusive to give you guys. Uh, Like I said, no smoking gun on any, any, any aspect of this, to be honest with you. And it's really hard to narrow down because there are so many variables at play. Anywho, we'll dive into that momentarily. Um, it, it's a doozy. But, guys, let's talk, some, talk about some fun stuff. You guys want to talk about fun stuff? Let's talk about fun stuff, all right? I want to talk about fun stuff, so that's fine. We're going to talk about fun stuff. Um, Let's see here, guys. I'm trying to pull up a picture here so I can get you the right information. So, um, interesting stuff, guys. Uh, so, this past weekend, Saturday. Uh, Saturday before, I guess that was that was the time when uh, Winter Storm Jerry was supposed to... to hit the area and dump a bunch of snow and all that nonsense that didn't happen, uh, but um, Saturday morning, this past Saturday, I should say, um, uh, I decided, man, I was, whew, Friday night, I was feeling kind of rough, feeling kind of tired, wasn't sure what I was going to do um, as far as going hunting in the morning, and then I looked at the forecast and it said that the wind was uh, west at 25 to 30 with gusts up to 40. And uh, sixty plus percent chance of snow, and um, the wind chill felt like negative a million. I don't know. It was somewhere around there. Um, that's Fahrenheit for you Canadian folks. I'm just I'm just kidding, Canada. I love you guys. Um, but so I decided to take the uh, three man, the gilly three man. Um, man, there is ice on the floor. That that's what it is. Oh, that's crazy. I was wondering why my foot kept sliding, guys. And there's ice on the floor, and that explains it. But uh, I want to take the <coughs> the gilly the gilly three man um, man. I don't even know the name of it now. I'm losing my mind, guys. Um, the new blind I got, that I spoke about a lot in the last episode. I'm trying to take a screenshot of this one here, uh, but uh, the gilly man. I can't talk, guys. I do apologize for that. See if I can pull it up here so I can. Show. Okay, gilly three man running gun blind. With uh, no shadow dual action top, 164 99 through uh, Drake Waterfowl right now, heads up. Uh, but So I decided to take that bad boy out on a field, which was public land, and um, set out the uh, silhouette decoys, the silos. I'm not going to call them silos, because silos are what you put grain in. I'm just messing with you guys, poking the bear a little bit, feeling, feeling a little rambunctious, I guess. But um, yeah, so I decided to take that out. And the the silhouettes that I have, I have a couple dozen final approach and a couple dozen uh, northern flight. Almost forgot that brand there from uh, Cabela. Actually, using the cough button. I'm so professional right now. <coughs> Anywho, um, <laughs> crazy. I know. I'm having fun, guys. Are you guys having fun yet? You having fun? If not, it's just gonna it's gonna get much worse for you. I promise you that. I don't see. Guy. Hang in there; it'll be all right. Just smile a little bit. Smile at your crazy coworker. Um, just, just, just smile. Don't give any explanation as to why you're smiling. It's a good time. Um, if they ask any questions, just, just tell them to have a nice day and walk away. It's, it's a good time. Anywho, um, <clears throat> don't get in trouble at work. Don't get control. I'm not, I'm not condoning that, but or promoting whatever. You know the words English,
1: <sighs>
0: English ish. Um, anywho, it's guys. So. Uh, Friday night, I looked at the forecast and I was, I was just, oh man, I was I was debating. I'm like, is it even worth it? It's going to be snowy. It's going to be very very windy. Which the wind, not a bad idea uh, for waterfowl hunting. But um, hadn't been seeing a lot of birds in the area. Uh, high winds, uh, nasty nasty stormage. It really wasn't that bad, I guess. Uh, the roads weren't that great, but uh, uh, so storm storm on the horizon. Wind snow. Not a lot of birds. I don't know. So, went to bed with the intentions of getting up early just in case, you know, to go hunting, whatever. And uh, I was I was getting ready. And I was debating on whether or not because uh, I let Sam out to go, uh, go outside and do his business first thing in the morning after the alarm went off. And uh, before I even opened the door to let him out, I could hear the wind screaming outside. And I was like, oh, crap. Uh, I was hoping... <laughs> I don't, know what I, I don't know what I was expecting, but hearing the wind screaming outside just made it sound like it was going to be a horrible day, and um, I, I let him do his business, got him back inside real quick, and uh, got him taken care of, and so I'm getting ready, getting ready to, uh, I don't know, getting ready to make up my mind, I guess. That was the biggest thing. I, I, I didn't want to wimp out and, and not go because of the cold and stuff like that, but I was feeling like trash. Uh, with whatever head cold type thing going on, I'd cough, excuse me. I'd coughed a lot the night before, and uh, I just wasn't feeling bueno. I had I had a lot of stuff to clear out of my nose that morning, and a lot of stuff I hacked up that morning, and it was just, oh, man, I was debating on whether or not I should even do it. Uh, one, because I felt awful, and two, it's pretty horrible weather. Pretty horrible, and not in a fun fun way, just, just horrible. And so I... Oh, I took about uh, 20 minutes just debating, checking the weather, checking the wind direction, uh, checking the wind at times, the precipitation at times, a.k.a. the snowfall, uh, percentages for the hours, uh, and just trying to make up my mind on whether or not I even wanted to bother with it. And uh, lo and behold, Alamo called me. He was heading into work, and uh, uh, he asked if I was going hunting. I'm like, I don't think so, man. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, you know, I just I don't know, and so I I wasn't I wasn't feeling it, guys. I really wasn't feeling it. wasn't having it. A, a solo hunt on a day like that it ain't nothing to mess with. If if you're not sure where you're going, what you're doing, that kind of thing, especially around water, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, I was in a field, so it's not that big a deal. And so, got off the phone with him. And then I decided, you know what? <coughs> Excuse me, I I'm going to get dressed for hunting. Get all my all my stuff on. Uh, get bundled up, all that good stuff. And then I'm going to take some of those silhouettes outside and uh, run back to the field behind my house and uh, pop a couple in the field and see, just see how they hold up in the wind. Because my biggest concern was with 40-mile-an-hour gusts, guys, I didn't want to go chasing silhouettes across the field. I didn't want to have to deal with a blind taking, taking flight. It just seemed like it was going to be a nightmare, and that's a lot of work by myself. And so I decided, you know what, if those silhouettes will stand up in the field, Then I'll go. So I uh, apparently Sam had to go outside again. At this point, another ten minutes after he'd already been outside, twenty minutes maybe I'm not even sure. And so I uh, I I got all bundled up. Actually, this was my outer layer, uh, just because I didn't. You know, as far as waterfowl gear goes, guys, I don't really have anything for field gear. This is my like you know if you guys aren't aware, this is my introductory season to uh, field hunting waterfowl, aka Canada geese, and so. I, I just had a bunch of stuff on under this, wore this, and my old deer hunting boots and, and whatnot because they've served me well over the years, and um, went out, and I actually had, I had the truck all loaded up, ready to go, and so I, I unlocked the truck and uh, grabbed, grabbed a silhouette out of the truck. I think I grabbed two of them. I'm not sure, and uh, walked away behind the house till I hit the field, and um, the reason I went to the field was because there's, there's no wind block. And if they're if they're not going to stand up without wind block, they're not going to stand up in the field I was planning on hunting. So logically speaking, it seemed like a perfectly scientific idea. I know, right? And so <laughs> I I I walk back there. I, I I stab the silhouette in the ground about three inches or so, and then I walk back about eight foot just to see what happens. Like I I got my headlamp on because it's pitch black now. The wind is screaming, and uh, I'm watching the silhouette just kind of. Oh, hang on. Just just a little flicker in the wind. A little, little bouncing in the wind. Watched it for a minute, watched it for a minute, and it didn't take off. And I actually had I, I had one kind of at an angle to the wind and one uh, broadside to the wind just to see what would happen. It was fine. So I loaded up the truck and went. Now at this point, guys, I would left the house a little later than I'd anticipated if I were to go hunting. I didn't plan on going hunting, so I was kind of dragging my feet. But I woogie boogie got on out of here and the roads were trash because the day prior it had snowed, uh, but the temperatures were were warm. Um, so the, the snow turned to slush with rain on top of it a little bit, I think. And so all of that from the previous day had frozen a nice uh, crunchy layer of white ice on the roads. And uh, so that wasn't cool, and then uh, what snow was uh, accumulating at that time had, uh, was drifting severely because of the high winds, and so it took me a considerable amount of time to get to where I was going. And by the time I got there, I was I was already behind the ball pretty bad. Uh, but I, uh, oh, man, I got to where I was going. I got uh, checked in and all that good stuff and uh, ended up finding, it, finding the spot I wanted to hunt. I actually, I thought I could walk to where I wanted to go uh in relation to the parking area, I thought it was a lot closer to where I wanted to go. It ended up being like just seven times the distance, so I ended up uh, signing in, taking the truck around uh, down the road. You can't drive on on the uh, public lands out here. That's no no. Uh, and so I got all my gear and and ran up to where I wanted to set up. Took forever to get out there because I was dragging dragging stuff. I, I had a little little uh, utility wagon with me, which. Uh, in hindsight, not a bad idea, but uh the ground was still actually soft from the day before. So that ended up being kind of a pain in the butt. But I, nevertheless, guys, I, I, I braved the elements I got out there. I got the blind set up. And uh went back, moved the truck back to the parking area, and uh ended up walking back out there. And I was sitting there for a little while, and I, I didn't see anything flying for the longest time. Then I think I saw a a crow Uh, Maybe a pair of crows. I don't know. That was about it. And and a couple of their smaller birds that were just kind of bouncing from cut corn stock to cut corn stock. And uh, that was it. That was it, guys. And after about an hour and a half of sitting there not seeing anything and the wind just howling, howling, I said, all right, I've had enough. And so I I packed up as as quick as I could and uh, went and got the truck, parked it down closer on the edge of the road to where I could walk straight to the road. Versus you know bruh, 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 around the cornfield and stuff like that, and got loaded up and headed home, and and that was about it. And I can tell you, I can tell you this much, guys. Um, after that, uh, after getting out there, getting set up, getting unpacked, loaded out, uh, set up, all that stuff, tearing down, packing back back up, and then you know finally getting the truck to go home, I was flat exhausted. And I, I think, I think in part that was because of whatever cold thing I've been kind of halfway fighting. I don't know and um also because it was so cold out there guys it was freezing cold it's actually below freezing it's actually below freezing and um i forget what the temp was that day i think the high that day was 20 ish 20 ish maybe i don't know uh but with wind chill it was it was below zero for sure uh the felt temperature that is and and whatnot and so i think i think in the combination of 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 hiking out there myself in the cold <clears throat> dragging all the crap out dragging it back and and really just the temperature and then the whatever congestion phlegm cough cold nonsense i have going on it just it just evaporated what little energy i had that day and i was flat warm out got home at like 10 ten thirty ish and i was ready to go to bed it was a bad day guys it was a bad day I didn't see any birds but the blind worked out decent the blind worked out decent I still got to figure that thing out because you know it's it's not perfect, but uh, I I I, I got to tinker with it a little bit and see what I what I can do. But anywho, so on top of that, guys, I I, I just want to throw this out here real quick. I also picked up a Gilly One Man uh, Modular Panel Blind. So it's the one man version of the three man running gun that I, I talked about before. So uh, go check this out at Drake Waterfall. I think the sale ends today, but um oh wow. Yeah, so they have this uh, the Gilly One Man for uh, let's see the the non-sale price says one ninety nine ninety nine, so we're gonna call that two hundred bucks, and the sale price is sixty nine ninety five, aka seventy bucks. So one hundred thirty bucks off for this One Man dealio, and uh, I'm really leaning towards this because I think I think the One Man would be a better solution for me, uh, just because um, if I'm solo hunting, it's a lot less work. It's a lot less work, a lot less to hide and whatnot. And so uh, definitely interested in that. And I've got that on on the radar. As soon as FedEx or whatever shows up with it, we'll be good to go. Uh, but until then, uh, don't know. Don't know. We shall see. But, uh, yeah, so that's it, guys. As far as season prep updates, I'm still looking to get after it, get out there and get birds. Uh, but, uh, shoot, I forgot about this. I, I think this weekend I'm going to try and get out there and get some birds um, but it, man, it is still, it is still just cold, just cold. And I'm trying to find the weekly cause I forgot, to, I forgot to even check that guy. So I'm gonna check that real. So Saturday, high of 16, um, when's the last at five to 10? eh, not too great, but it, it's, it, it might work. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, any guys. So that's, that's what's on the forecast for right now. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens, guys. Braving the cold to get out for some birds and, and get to it. Uh, but you never know. You never know. So, guys, as promised, I actually – I was going to print off a bunch of stuff, but then the uh, printer wasn't cooperating, so I wrote down some notes of what I wanted to talk about with the the decline in uh, waterfowl hunter numbers and also uh, maybe a little bit about waterfowl populations, the birds themselves being on the decline. I'm not sure. I, I spoke a little bit about that in the last episode. So – We'll see, we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Move my phone out of the way. Here we go. Okay, so it's it's not a secret that uh, waterfowl populations are are, are declining. Um, the birds themselves, that is. The waterfowl themselves are in decline. And um, I think I read in the last, I, I don't know. I had, I had some stuff pulled up, guys. I don't know. I was trying to get prepared for this. But, uh, yeah, here we go. This is what I wanted to, I think this is what I talked about last Uh, last episode a little bit, Um, but I'm going to throw some facts out here, aka um, read some stuff here real quick. And so, let's see. Okay, yeah, so this says that, and this is from uh, wildfowlmag.com. I don't think this is their information. I think they quoted this, but uh, Mallard's... um, Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to find... the. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is the one I wanted. I do apologize, guys. The waterfowl survey for 2023, if you check it out at Ducks Unlimited, guys. um, uh, Let's see. U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service uh, 2023 waterfowl population status uh, report um, conducted in May and early June. This is last year um, by Fish and Wildlife Service and uh, Canada Wildlife Service and other partners. Okay. So, duck numbers, guys. This is what I'm talking about right now. Uh so the sorry, for mallards uh, uh I think what is this in the millions here, guys? Let me I do apologize. Let me let me just verify what I'm looking at here. Yes, yes, it is in millions. So, mallard species for 2023 was counted at around 6.129 million um the previous year of 2022 was 7.434 and um the change from it actually shows you this if you guys want to check this out just go to just search uh waterfowl survey 2023 it'll take you to ducks and you can find the link to ducks unlimited and see this nice little chart they have here so the change is an 18 percent drop uh from 2022 to 2023 which that's significant guys it's 18 percent 18% 18% isn't it's that's not chump change and uh the change from the uh LTA aka okay, long-term average and I think that goes back until somewhere around the 50s or 60s and so um the change in the long-term average is a 23 percent decrease so that's not looking good for mallards guys and the mallards mallards make up a large percentage of what central and uh the central and mississippi flyways uh shoot and whatnot that's that's uh, the one article called it the bread-and-butter ducks for uh, the Mississippi and Central Flyways, and that's from the Wildfowl Mag. Uh, let me see. Let me make sure that's right. Yeah, wildfowlmag.com. So, big change. Gow- Gadwall is down 5% from last year. Uh, Widgeon down 14% from last year. Um, and let me keep scrolling here. I'm trying to find my cursor. And so, um, yeah. Blue-winged teal down 19% from last year. Northern Shoveler down 6% um let's see redhead down 13 percent, and scalp down four percent now there are a few positives here guys i want to I, I just list off the negatives first to get them out of the way but uh green wing teal up 16 percent from the prior year so that's cool right and uh, northern pintail up 24 percent. that's promising guys that is promising uh canvas back was up six percent that is a good thing uh we need all help we can get there so Overall, guys, uh, taking all the ducks into consideration uh, for you know all all the ducks that I just covered um, into consideration of for the average or whatever you want to call it the the previous year's population, uh, we're looking at thirty two point uh, three two million for twenty twenty three, and then twenty twenty two it was thirty four point six five seven, so that is a drop, an overall drop of seven percent. And waterfowl populations. Now, compared to long term average, that is a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, guys, that is a 9% drop over the long term average. And this says uh, May ponds, uh, US and Canada, um, this is just another little tidbit of information. They, they were estimated to be uh, 4.975 million for uh, 2023 and 2024. 20- Twenty twenty two was five point uh, four five seven million. Excuse me. Uh, that is a nine percent drop in one year, and five percent from the long term average. So, excuse me. All all that to say, guys, that uh, it's no secret that uh, across the board, for the most part, except for a handful of of species here, um, duck numbers are down. Duck numbers are down, and the biggest impact I think is the mallards. I think that's the biggest noticeable impact and so you got that going okay and and the the other looming dooming glooming whatever question or or issue is that hunter numbers are actually down which that may seem contrary to what people uh people are experiencing uh when they go to the refuge or they go to uh whatever place they're wanting to hunt it may seem contrary uh to say that uh, the hunter numbers are are down Uh, when it seems like there's so much more pressure and so much more competition in certain areas. Well, there's a lot that goes into that. And so that's, that's, that's one issue. And that's actually an article from Realtree. Um, if you go to Realtree nation and uh, check out the duck blog, uh, there, I don't even know what the title of this is, guys. Oh man. I don't know. The, the little header, whatever you call it here says, yes, hunter numbers are dropping, but that makes folks wonder why pressure seems crazier than ever nowadays. Uh, a look inside the numbers might reveal some answers and even possible solutions. Now, <coughs> hunter numbers are down. Duck duck population is down. So, one might logically say that, well, hey, if if people aren't seeing as many ducks and it's not it's not it, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, that might be why people aren't hunting like they used to. Now, that's a that's that's a logical conclusion, uh, uh, but it, it lacks lacks taking account for all the variables that go into it and this is this is where it kind of gets fuzzy guys so i i man i was trying to find as much information as i could to to give any any kind of conclusion or anything like that that i can and the the problem is is there there simply isn't there isn't one one glaring issue to solve it seems like it's it's more of a domino effect of several things um and so anywho we'll just dive into that a little bit take a, a little bit from my notes here guys so hunter decline, um, it's kind of crazy. One, uh, one article suggested that uh, the baby boomer generation was actually, um, man, where's my cursor here, guys? Sorry. It uh, was actually one of the, uh, the largest generations as far as, uh, made up the, a, largest, uh, a large portion of waterfowl hunters well they were the biggest generation until the millennials came along and so that kind of makes sense there it's a population thing guys and so the 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 more people in the population the more people in generation the more likelihood you're going to have of whatever more duck hunters waterfowl hunters so there's that uh but so one theory is that the the aging the elder baby boom generation is just simply hanging up their waders um and, and not hunting anymore now the i forget what it, I, I i do apologize i don't have this exact information in front of me but that article said somewhere around the age of 70 most uh waterfowlers uh call it quits for waterfowl hunting and, and that's understandable i mean god bless you for making the 70 and with a lot of the aging or the elder baby boomers or even even the mid baby boomers being somewhere around you know that late uh, you know late 60s um it could be, it could be one explanation could be is that there are a lot of them just simply giving it up. And especially, you know, with, with a lot more, uh, a lot more variables to go into than that. But this, you know, say the population of of ducks is down. Well, you know, you've got guys that are approaching the end of their, their hunting careers and, uh, the duck populations are nowhere near what they've been accustomed to seeing in their, in their career, their hunting careers. And so, you know, one thing that leads to another, and, and, and that could, could be an explanation of why the hunter numbers are down. But I don't think that that accounts for a majority. I, th- I think that's a portion of it. I don't think that's, I don't think that's, it doesn't paint the entire picture. That's just, it's just one piece of the pie, really. And so looking into this, and I found the U.S. Fish and Wildlife, uh, uh, what is it? U.S. Fish and Wildlife Migratory Bird Hunter Activity and Harvest Report. Now this this is the official official um, information on hunter numbers. So the number of active waterfowl hunters decreased to and this is the United States guys, decreased to 913,700 during the 2022-2023 season, so last year's season um almost an 8% decline from the previous season and uh, lowest number the lowest number of hunters waterfowl hunters since 1960. Two. That may not seem like a big deal guys. It, you know, it may not seem like oh well, 8%s not bad, right? But you take away 8% of of the money that goes towards wildlife conservation and it makes a decent impact guys. That's a big chunk of change. It really is. So, it, you know, it's crazy, but it also says that uh from the 20 uh 2012 uh 2013 season to the 2022 2023 season. So, a 10-year gap here guys. So, from essentially 2012 to 22 Uh, you know 13 to 23 however you want to look at it the number of hunters uh, number of waterfowl hunters decreased by almost 235,000 more than a 20 percent decrease from 2012 to 2022 or 2013 to 2023 however you look at it so yeah that's that's a big drop guys it is a massive drop now there are some things you could look at to see what happened there. Well, there was a big, a, a, there was a a brief spike uh, during the pandemic of duck hunter numbers increasing, but they quickly and rapidly and almost exponentially dropped off shortly after that. So it seemed like there was a minor resurgence followed by a, a, a a great drop off after that. So there's that, Uh, the pandemic does play a part in that. Um, And so honestly, guys, the economy does too. The economy does too, and that's that's one thing I wanted to point out. And so, guys, we see that duck numbers are down. Waterfowl, <clears throat> waterfowl hunter numbers are down, and it, it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. The duck populations are hurting, and and how do we help that? How do we how do we uh, protect that natural resource, or how do we help that natural resource kind of rebound a little bit? Well, now one, we can't control the weather. We can't. That is a big variable. There's, there has been a drought across North America, specifically in the breeding grounds of Canada. Uh, I don't even know the provinces. I do apologize. But over in Saskatchewan, western-ish Canada, uh, midwestern Canada, whatever you want to call it, there has been severe drought conditions, which is not good for breeding. That's a big, big issue. But... Um, it, you can't control the weather. You simply can't control that. I mean, yeah, you sure you could spend a ton of money and pump water into certain areas all day long, uh, but the problem is, is, is that who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for that? That's that's nuts. But anywho, so we can't control a lot of variables like the weather or really the the birds in general, and so we have to we have to try and and focus our efforts on on areas we can control or at least can hopefully control or influence. But uh, okay, so. Oh, man. Like I said, guys, I, I do apologize. I'm, just, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to give you guys little tidbits of information and try to uh, – to, I'm not really trying to come to any kind of conclusion because I can't yet because it seems like it's the, there's so much going on, guys. There are so many variables to this that it would be impossible to, to really give you a concise conclusion or, or, or that smoking gun, if you will. So, waterfowl populations are down, and – for whatever reason, we're, ex- we're experiencing a great decrease in waterfowl hunter numbers. And, and so it, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, like I said, because, uh, without the hunter numbers, AKA people buying, uh, licensing, uh, you know, the federal, uh, migratory bird stamp that you are required to buy to, um, hunt waterfowl in the United States without that money coming in for conservation. There's not as much money to help the population of waterfowl, and so without the hunters, it it, it ah, it's not good, guys. So you got, we need hunter numbers up so we can get more more money put towards conservation of these birds. So it's 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 not looking good. It really isn't, but it's not looking horrible. There's I think there's still there's still a fighting chance here for sure. So in anyway, some of the like I said guys I can't I can't give any conclusion but some of the things that I've I've noticed or uh themes I should say or or variables however you want to look at it is uh as to why the hunter numbers are in decline uh one the waterfowl populations are down they're down that's it and 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 there's no fans or buts about it guys if 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 you hunt in an area like I do and you don't get very many good opportunities to harvest ducks I unless you're crazy like me you're not gonna you're probably not going to put up with it for very long. Uh, You're either going to, going to travel or just find something else to do. And uh, that, that's, that's my take on it. So that is one aspect. Waterfowl populations are down there. Like I said before, there was a drought across North America, specifically the breeding grounds of Canada and uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, the, the, the south just uh, east of the mississippi river i should say experiencing decent drought and there, there were some other portions of the mississippi flyway that were also in a pretty good drought and the country in general has been dry for a while uh, not bone dry but it's been uh, in drought condition i should say and I, I definitely experienced that in my area guys uh birds have been been uh, pretty much sticking to larger bodies of water um and and that kind of thing because well, the marsh and the, and the wetlands aren't that wet, so there is that. That is a variable we can't change, but it is a variable nonetheless. Now, another thing, another thing I want to throw out here too is migration shifts. Now, there's a lot of a lot of internet bro signs on migration shifts, and and I know a lot of people try to say, oh, well, you're just making it up, blah 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 blah. You know, you're just whatever. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of armchair quarterbacks that think they have the answers for all of this, and and and. and and like to uh like to scoff at people who who you know throw the term migration shift out there as as they're doing something wrong or they're just not the good of a hunter or whatever it may be uh but migration shift it is a real thing guys uh look it up there's a lot of research on it right now and it is a real thing so birds <coughs> birds aren't moving in areas that they used they used to move to um I know Louisiana is, is is feeling the impact of this pretty bad. and I think there's a lot more places that are, are really feeling the impact of migration shift. And so uh, if the birds aren't moving where they used to move, that makes it more difficult. And if you're limited to hunting certain areas and you're just not seeing the numbers anymore, that could, that could part, uh, partially contribute to hunter decline, um, unfortunately. And uh, one... This one gets a little muddy if you dive too deep into it. But one thing I do want to say is there's less access uh, to area for areas to hunt. Um, uh, some of this has to do with drought. Uh, so if there's not enough water in certain areas where, where you normally would hunt, well, there's no good access there. there, there you know, without the water, good luck uh, kind of situation. And so another another aspect I'm going to throw out here. Um, and this may not be too popular, and, and, uh, but I think it's a serious, uh, serious variable that we need to take into consideration at, as a community at large. And I don't mean just waterfowl hunting. That's, that's definitely an area we need to, look, we need to pay attention to. Uh, but I mean hunting in general, whether it's a whitetail turkey, uh, small game, whatever it may be, hunting in general this is a big problem, and it is a growing problem and I think a lot of it stems from the commercial commercialization of hunting at large and i, I talked about this a little bit, a little while ago on a on a, on a, a podcast about a thousand years ago now i 'm not even sure guys it was earlier earlier this past year um about the commercialization of hunting and i i think i think it's a it's a real catch twenty two guys it is a it's a bad thing for guys like me and, and blue collar hunters out there like you guys and but it's oh man it's i don't know i think it's trending in a very bad direction let's just put it that way so the, the what i'm getting at the crux of what i'm getting at here guys is the commercial commercialization of hunting is um i think a lot of media has influence on this so a lot of hunting shows uh you know i, I don't want to throw any any show under the bus per se but i'm just going to throw out a stereotype so the big buck shows um, the the always limiting on duck shows, uh, the the crazy elk shows, whatever you whatever whatever species you want to look into, the the major league hunters. I don't know if that's a real thing. So if that is actually something, I do apologize. But the uh, the rock star hunters, let's put it that way, the rock star hunters that have a TV show or some sort of program or or, or uh, content, whatever it may be. I think I think. I think a, a decade or two of that has led to a—I don't know—I think it's been a bad influence on hunting in general. I'm trying to put this in a nutshell and be, be as polite as possible because I don't—I don't, don't want to—I don't want to uh, alienate anybody or or call anybody out or anything like that. But I think that um, I think that media that constantly shows limits on on waterfowl that constantly shows guys getting a 42 point elk. Um, I'm just making stuff up. I'm being ridiculous on purpose. Or or you see, uh, you know, every time, uh, this guy goes out to whitetail hunt across the country, uh, he gets a, a Boone and Crockett whitetail, uh, buck, you know, the, the chasing of ratings I think is what is hurting hunting the most because uh, to the, to the unwise or the, the untrained eye or the, the unexperienced person uh, seeing, seeing stuff like this is man that's really cool. And that, that could be a good Avenue to get someone interested in hunting, but it's not going to retain them in hunting. It, it's going to uh, spur a fad of hunting, but it's not going to make hunters. There's a difference. And um, so like, like I said, guys, the, the, chasing of ratings the click uh the the likes the the ratings uh the i <laughs> back then it used to be uh vhs sales or dvd sales um but uh why is alamo calling me right now dude oh my gosh alamo I'm going to text him right now because I think this is the second time he's called me. But so the, the, doing stuff just for ratings, um, and I, I don't want to say it's just for ratings. Uh, one second, guys. All right, I apologize for that. But having to get the monster bucks, having to get the monster elk, having to get the monster mule deer, Um, you name it. <laughs> even, even with fishing, having to always go out and get that 10-pounder largemouth. Or that you know the, whatever it is, pick a species, guys, having to go out and get that you know what most people would consider a once in a lifetime catch or 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 kill and and that being just plastered over social media, plastered over uh, you know, streaming services, uh, like I said, it used to be VHS, but now streaming services, that kind of thing, and having that be a majority of the content i think I think it has it has perverted in a lot of ways the the culture around hunting and, and to the point that it has commercialized hunting and so you you see a lot of people paying uh paying for hunts a lot of people uh you know trying to throw money at a situation to make themselves that person they see and this is this is a little bit of, of speculation and kind of mostly opinion but i i've i've paid attention to it long enough guys that if you look into it i think you you might see a trend as well uh but down to the nuts and bolts of it, guys. I think what that's led to is there's a lot of people who want to be that next whatever hot shot, you know, uh for lack of a better term, trophy hunter. And and so there's a lot of people with the means, not the experience, the culture, or the the mindset, I should say, of a hunter. But there's a lot of people with means that can purchase up leases, uh, purchase up land. And all kinds of stuff, and essentially throw a bunch of money at something, and and really what that does is it cuts out competition, and it it really it really takes opportunities away from blue collar folks like me, and I'm not I'm not bitter about that. If you have the money and you and you, you can do so, then that your right, man. Uh, that's your right. Uh, it's your money. That's not my business, really. But I think it's a very bad trend. I really do, and I think uh, not just because it's it's been it's been hurting my opportunities and my availability of, of getting uh, a place to hunt or anything like that. But I think uh, once, uh, once people start, you know, once a landowner starts getting, you know, X amount for a piece of property, well then, you know, he talks to another buddy and well, now he's going to charge more for his property, you know, for hunting and that kind of thing. And then you get to the point to where here in Northern Indiana, I had, I, I, I reached out to a lady who, who placed an ad about a deer lease, on uh i think it was five acres it was five acres five acres of land that butted up towards i want to say 20 some acres and surrounded by ag so it's not a horrible situation it's not really that great but it's not horrible it's doable and uh i was just inquiring on 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 what she was seek what she was trying to get for the lease and that kind of thing and if there were any restrictions and you know just get the details guys to see if it was even worth entertaining and so it was five acres of land you could only hunt this certain area uh, I think it was archery only, and uh, they were asking, I think twenty five hundred dollars for the season, with a a one deer, uh, one deer limit. Now I, I'm no expert, but what the heck? I, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of this person, but I don't think they I don't think they really understood what they were trying to accomplish there. I think they were just trying to get the money. Uh, make money off of this and 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 didn't really have any kind of concept of of hunting in general Uh, definitely not a hunter themselves i can imagine but um $2,500 for one season for one hunter for one one deer archery only on five acres Ugh. Anywho, so I, sorry guys, that's just my experience. That's I, I, I after that, guys, I quit looking, and I've heard horror stories of guys who have leased property for a long time from landowners, and and uh, like I said, guys, it's their uh, you know someone else's finances is not my business, and uh, what a landowner chooses to do with their property, as long as it's legal, I mean that's their business, you know, that's their right to do so, uh, but it's it's kind of the ethics of it all, and and, and the morals of it all, guys. I, I personally know a guy who leased uh, a hunting property. I think it was 90 ish acres. They bought it up to ag very, very rural and it was a decent spot. Uh, but he'd hunted uh, this property, leased it for 10 years from a uh, landowner. And uh, someone came in and offered him a uh, almost triple, triple the lease. And without even talking to the guy I know, uh, just said, yeah, cool. And then told the other guy that, Hey man, this guy's going to be leasing now, get your stuff. And, uh, I don't know the ins and outs of that, but after 10 years of working with somebody, that, that seems, that seems kind, of, kind of petty. But, anywho, so that, that is one, I, I think that is one major contributing variability that we can influence is, is really the buyout, guys, and the commercialization of this stuff is, you know, it, it, it kind of leads me to what a lot of guys were talking about in the comments on a lot of these articles, that um, it's, it's simply becoming a rich man's game. And I can see that to an extent, but at the same time, you can get very, very embittered, uh, thinking that way. And so, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think economics plays a bigger role than we may realize. And I think, I think people coming in and, and the people who have the means to, to, you know, pay exorbitant amounts for leases, then, you know, okay. But the the only problem is, is it's, you're just making it worse for yourself in the future, I think, because, Oh, shoot man if you're if you're willing to come in and pay three thousand dollars for a hundred acres for a season between you and a couple friends well what happens when the price goes up from there i don't know that's just food for thought guys but in so the lack of access is really the biggest thing and guys i can tell you this much there's been so many times that i've, I've asked people for uh asked people permission to hunt their land and oh i've got a guy leasing it i got a guy leasing it oh this guy leases it this guy leases it and it's like whatever happened to just making friends, man, whatever happened to just common decency of like, hey, buddy, you know, if, if, if you, you don't mind me sitting on your back 20 acres back here trying to get a white white-tailed deer this season, you know, you know, one, I'll make sure nobody else is dicking around on your property. And two, um, you know, if you need you need help with something, I'm pretty much your neighbor, you know, you know, you need to help throwing hay bales around you need help with something you know let me know that kind of thing the the old-fashioned way of doing things doesn't work anymore and money talks and i think a lot of that just has to boil down to the economic state uh that we're in right now guys i think that's the 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 inflation and the economy is has it plays a big impact on this and i think that's that's unfortunate but anywho enough about that guys uh another thing i, I do want to throw this out though it is i've seen this in a lot of the comment sections on almost every article that has a comment section is that uh, guys are really really complaining and 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 having a hard time swallowing the prices on a lot of stuff nowadays, especially ammo and uh, a lot of guys have mentioned that the uh, the price of licensing has increased and the the price of ammo nowadays is just crazy for just basic steel ammo and I do agree to an extent with that um, but i don 't know guys so that's that 's a variable I want to throw out there and I wanted to consider because I saw so many comments related to that i it 's hard to deny it and then uh as far as this year goes, guys, I definitely want to throw this into the mix as well. And I'm getting kind of long-winded. I do apologize. I'm running out of time. Uh, but El Nino has also played a big part in this year's season as far as migration goes. So when you have a weather system like that, that can also contribute to less hunters. Because if if the birds aren't migrating, you're not seeing birds like you're used to, then, you know, after a while that, it kind of gets old. And like I said, unless you're crazy like me, you know, I'll just go deer hunting, you know? If you have the opportunity to go hunt whitetail when you're not seeing, you haven't seen ducks in a month, then you're probably going to go deer hunting. And if that happens too many seasons in a row, you're probably going to, you're probably going to lean more towards other, other avenues of hunting or just give it up altogether. And so that definitely contributes. And so just to throw this out there, guys, I actually did research on El Nino and I want to make this kind of quick because I am running out of time. I do apologize. Uh, but El Nino, so I did look this up, and, and basically the the concept is uh, to my, I'm, I don't know, let me see if I can pull this up real quick uh, just to verify, but it, it essentially translates to warmer weather. Um, one second here. I'm trying to pull this up. It, it essentially means warmer weather north and uh, wetter weather south. Um I don't know. Let's let's try to pull this up real quick. But El Nino uh, obviously warmer weather in the northern states and and northern as far as Canada goes too. Um that does that does have an impact. It's not going to push birds down. Yeah, it's great for the birds. They don't have to move as much or as soon. Uh but at the same time it's not good for hunters and uh that can be a contributing factor to hunter decline. And so let's see here. Where did it go, guys? I'm trying to find something is that it? I think that's it. I don't know. I was trying to find, trying to find this uh, diagram because <clears throat> it was a really handy diagram, and it's from the, um, it's from Noah's website. If it loads, come on, load for me, guy. Let's go. I'm freezing out here. <laughs> My internet's not that slow. It's really the computer. It's really the computer. It sucks. It's an old laptop, guys. You got to bear with me. But I traded an old lawnmower for it, so I can't complain. Anywho, it's so, um, okay, maybe it's loading. I don't know. It's partially loading. <coughs> so, oh my goodness. Oh, climate.gov. Uh, that's the website I'm trying to load here, guys. Anywho's it's so, oh my goodness. No idea. No idea. It's not loading much at all. So I'm gonna give up on that. But uh, so basically El Nino this year had played a, a big, big uh, part in keeping birds from migrating like they normally would. Um, and so that that definitely can contribute. So guys, like I said, long story short, and I got really long winded on this, I didn't anticipate this, but there are a lot of variables that play into uh, waterfowl populations and waterfowl hunter numbers declining. And so I can't give you guys anything conclusive. I do apologize. I'm going to keep my eye on this and probably try to do some more research in the future, but it's not looking good. So, uh, to leave you with a tidbit of information or a nugget or a, a, a really a call to action, I should say, um, guys, if if you know someone who used to waterfowl hunt and hasn't done it for for a while, try to get them back into it. Um, if you guys if you guys know somebody who would like to do it and hasn't done it, like Alamo, offer to take them. and uh at the end of the day guys the more money going to conservation the the better at least for the uh the populations and so i do apologize and so um one way you can do that is by trying to encourage your friends and buddies who used to hunt or or want to hunt uh get them hunting uh they have to buy a waterfowl stamp for that and so that goes to conservation another way you can do that is to promote conservation through organizations like delta waterfowl or ducks unlimited so that would help a lot. Um, but that's, that's all I have for you guys. I do apologize. There's no smoking gun. There's no glaring uh, problem we can fix. It just seems like it's a, a culmination of a lot of variables. And I, th- that's kind of messy. But uh, I can tell you this much. Conservation is critical to all of this. In conserv- without more, uh, more conservation and more efforts towards conservation, it's not going to get better anytime soon. So that being said, guys, I hate to be all doom and gloom on you, but hey, it is what it is. Invite somebody to go hunting. Uh, encourage people to go hunting, encourage your buddy to get back into hunting and promote conservation, guys. It's not that hard. Even five bucks, even five bucks, not a big deal. Two bucks, or hey, go pick up some trash. Something like that, it all goes a long way. Uh, That's all I got for you guys. Until next time, I will catch you later. Do me a huge favor, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, until then, guys, get out there, get safe, or get safe, yeah, get safe, get saved. That's a good one. Uh, Stay safe, get meat on the table, and I will catch you next time. Peace check out Hastings Outdoors on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening.